Chapter Nine of The Sword of Damocles by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Paula, the stars of midnight shall be dear to her, and she shall lean her ear in many a secret place where rivulets dance their wayward round, and beauty born of murmuring sound shall pass into her face. Wordsworth a wintry scene snow-piled hills stretching beyond a frozen river on the bank a solitary figure tall dark and commanding standing with eyes bent sadly on a long narrow mound at his feet it is edward sylvester and the mound is the grave of his mother it is ten years since he stood upon that spot in all that time no memories of his childhood's home no recollection of that lonely grave among the pines had been sufficient to allure him from the city and its busy round of daily cares indeed he had always shrunk at the very name of the place and never of his own will alluded to it but the reveries of a night had awakened a longing that was not to be appeased and in the face of his wife's cold look of astonishment and a secret dread in his own heart had left his comfortable fireside for the scenes of his early life and marriage and was now standing in the bleak december air gazing down upon the stone that marked his mother's grave but tender as were the chords that reverberated at this sight it was not to revisit this tomb he had returned to grotewell no that other vision the vision of young sweet appreciative life has drawn him more strongly than the memory of the dead it was to search out and gaze again upon the innocent girl whose eloquent eyes and lofty spirit had so deeply moved him in the past that he had braved the chill of the connecticut hills and incurred the displeasure of his wife yet when he turned away from that simple headstone and set his face towards the village streets it was with a sinking of the heart that first revealed to him the severity of the ordeal to which he had thus wantonly subjected himself not that the wintry trees and snow-covered roofs appealed to him as strongly as the same trees and homes would have done in their summer aspect the land was bright with verdure when that shadow fell whose gloom resting upon all the landscape made a walk down this quiet road even at this remote day a matter of such pain to him but scenes that have caught the reflection of a life's joy or a heart's sorrow lose not their power of appeal with the leaves they shake from their trees and nothing that had met the eyes of this man from the hour he left this spot no not the glance of his wife as his child fell back dead in his arms had shot such a pang to his soul as the sight of that long street with its array of quiet homes stretching out before him into the dim grey distance but for all that he was determined to traverse it ay to the very end though his steps must pass the house whose ghostly portals were fraught with memories dismal as death to him on then he proceeded walking with his usual steady pace that only faltered or broke as he met the shy eyes of some hurrying village maiden 
speeding upon some errand down the snowy street or encountered some old friend of his youth who despite his altered mien and commanding carriage recognized in him the slim young bank cashier who had left them now ten long years ago to make a name and fortune in the great city it was noon by the time he gained the heart of the village and school was out and the children came rushing by with just the same shout and scamper with which he used to hail that hour of joyous release how it carried him back to the days when those four red walls towered upon him with awful significance as with books on his back and a half-eaten apple in his pocket he crept up the walk conscious that the bell had rung its last shrill note a good half-hour before he felt half tempted to stop and make his way through the crowd of shouting boys and dancing girls to that same old door again and see for himself if the huge late which in a fit of childish revenge he had cut on its awkward panels was still there to meet the eyes of tardy boys and loitering girls but the wondering looks of the children unused to behold a figure so stately in their simple streets deterred him and he passed thoughtfully on so engrossed was he by the reminiscences of tom and elsie which the schoolhouse had awakened that he passed the ominous mansion which had been his dread and the bank where he had worked and the arbour by the side of the road where he had sat out the first hours of his fatal courtship almost without realising their presence and was at the end of the street and in full view of the humble cottage which the little paula had pointed out as her home on that day of their first acquaintance good heaven and i do not even know if she is alive he suddenly ejaculated stopping where he was and eyeing the lowly walls before him with a quick realization of the possibilities of a great disappointment ten years have strown many a grave on the hillside and ona would not mention it if she lost every relative she had in this town what a fool i have been thought he but with the stern resolution which had carried him through many a difficulty he prepared to advance when he was again arrested by seeing the door of the house he was contemplating suddenly open and a girlish figure issue forth could it be paula with eager almost feverish interest he watched her approach she was a slight young thing and came towards him with a rapid movement almost jaunty in its freedom if it were paula he would know her by her eyes but for some reason he hoped it was not she not the child of his dreams at a yard or two in front of him she paused astonished this grave tall figure with the melancholy brow deep eyes and firmly compressed lips was an unaccustomed sight in this primitive town scarcely realizing what she did she gave a little curtsey and was proceeding on when he stopped her with a hurried gesture is mrs fairchild still living he asked indicating the house she had just left mrs fairchild oh no she returned surveying him out of the corner of a very roguish pair of brown eyes with a certain sly wonder at the suspense in his voice she has been dead as long as i can remember old miss abby and her sister live there now and who are they 
he hurriedly asked he could not bring himself to mention paula's name why miss abby and miss belinda she returned with a puzzled air miss abby sews and miss belinda teaches the school i don't know anything more about them sir the courteous gentleman bowed and they live there quite alone oh no sir paula lives with them ah she does and the young girl looking at him could not detect the slightest change in his haughty countenance paula is mrs fairchild's daughter yes sir thank you said he and allowed the pretty brown-eyed miss to pass on which she did with lingering footsteps and many a backward glance of the eye halting at the door of that small cottage edward sylvester reasoned with himself she may be just such another fresh-looking round-faced mischievous-eyed schoolgirl spiritual children do not always make earnest-souled women let me beware what hopes i build on a foundation so unsubstantial yet when in a moment later the door opened and a weazen-faced dapper little woman appeared all smiles and welcome he owned to a sensation of dismay that sufficiently convinced him what a hold this hope of meeting with something exceptionally sweet and high had taken upon his hitherto careless and worldly spirit mr sylvester i am sure i thought ona would remember us after a while come in sir do my sister will be home in a few moments and with a deprecatory flutter comical enough in a woman at least seventy odd years old she led her distinguished guest into a large unused room where in spite of his remonstrances she at once proceeded to build a fire it is a pleasure sir she said to every utterance of regret on his part at the trouble he was causing and though her vocabulary was thus made to appear somewhat small her sincerity was undoubted we have counted the days belinda and i since we sent the last letter it may seem foolish to you sir but paula is growing so fast and belinda says is so uncommon smart for her age that we did think that it was time ona knew just what a strait we were in do you want to see paula very much he returned shocked and embarrassed at the position in which he found himself put by the reticence of his wife on the subject of her relations they think i have come in reply to a letter he mused and i did not even know my wife had received one you will be surprised she exclaimed with a complacent nod as the fire blazed up brightly everyone is surprised who sees her for the first time is my niece well and thus it was he learned the relation between his wife of ten years and these simple inhabitants of the little cottage in grotewell he replied as in duty bound and presently by the use of a few dexterous questions succeeded in eliciting from this simple-minded old lady the few facts necessary to a proper understanding of the situation miss abby and miss belinda were two maiden ladies sisters of mrs fairchild and ona's mother who on the death of the former took up their abode in the little cottage for the purpose of bringing up the orphan paula they had succeeded in this by dint of the utmost industry 
but paula was not a common child and belinda who was evidently the autocrat of the house had decided that she ought to have other advantages she had therefore written to mrs sylvester concerning the child in the hopes that that lady would take enough interest in her pretty little cousin to send her to boarding-school but they had received no reply till now all of which was perfectly right of course mrs sylvester being undoubtedly occupied and mr sylvester himself being better than any letter and does paula herself know what efforts you have been making in her behalf asked mr sylvester upon the receipt of this information the little lady shook her head with vivacity belinda advised me to say nothing she remarked the child is contented with her home and we did not like to raise her expectations you will never regret anything you may do for her she went on in a hurried way with a peep now and then towards the door as if while enjoying a momentary freedom of speech she feared an intrusion that would cut that pleasure short paula is a grateful child and never has given us a moment of concern from the time she began to put pieces of patchwork together but there is belinda she suddenly exclaimed rising with the little dip and jerk of her left shoulder that was habitual to her whenever she was amused or excited belinda she cried going to the door and speaking with great impressiveness mr sylvester is in the parlour and almost instantly a tall middle-aged lady entered whose plain but powerful countenance and dignified demeanour stamped her at once as belonging to a very different type of woman from her sister i am very glad to see you sir she exclaimed in a slow determined voice as dissimilar as possible from the piping tones of miss abby is not mrs sylvester with you no returned he i have come alone my wife is not fond of travelling in winter the slightest gleam shot from her bright keen eye is she not well yes quite well but not over strong he rejoined quietly she gave him another quick look settled some matter with herself and taking off her bonnet sat down by the fire at once her sister ceased in her hovering about the room and sitting also became to all appearance her silent shadow paula has gone upstairs to take off her bonnet the younger woman said in a straightforward manner just short of being brusque she is a very remarkable girl mr sylvester a genius i suppose some would call her a child of nature i prefer to say whatever there is to be learned in this town she has learned and in a place where nature speaks and good books abound that is not inconsiderable i have taken pride in her talents i acknowledge and have endeavoured to do what i could to cultivate them to the best advantage there is no girl in my school who can write so original a composition nor is there one with a truer heart or more tractable disposition you have then been her teacher as well as her friend she owes you a double debt of gratitude a look hard to understand flashed over her homely face i have never thought of debt or gratitude in connection with paula the only effort which i have ever made in her behalf which cost me anything is this one which threatens me with her loss 
then as if fearing she had said too much set her firm lips still firmer and ignoring the subject of the child astonished him by certain questions on the leading issues of the day that at once betrayed a truly virile mind she is a study thought he to himself but meeting her on the ground she had taken replied at once and to her evident satisfaction in the direct and simple manner that appeals the most forcibly to a strong if somewhat unpolished understanding while the meek little miss abby glanced from one to the other with a humble awe more indicative of her appreciation for their superiority than of her comprehension of the subject but what with miss belinda's secret anxiety and mr sylvester's unconscious listening for a step upon the stair the conversation brisk as it had opened gradually languished and ere long with a sort of clairvoyant understanding of her sister's wishes miss abby arose and with her customary jerk left the room for paula the child is not timid but has an unaccountable aversion to entering the presence of strangers alone miss belinda explained but mr sylvester did not hear her for at that moment the door reopened and miss abby stepped in with the young girl thus heralded edward sylvester never forgot that moment and indeed few men could have beheld the picture of extraordinary loveliness thus revealed without a shock of surprise equal to the delight it inspired she was not pretty the very word was a misnomer she was simply one of nature's most exquisite and undeniable beauties from the crown of her ebon locks to the sole of her dainty foot she was perfect as the most delicate colouring and the utmost harmony of contour could make her and not in the conventional type either there was an individuality in her style that was as fresh as it was uncommon she was at once unique and faultless something that can be said of few women however beautiful or alluring mr sylvester had not expected this as indeed how could he and for a moment he could only gaze with a certain swelling of the heart at the blooming loveliness that in one instant had transformed the odd little parlour into a bower fit for the habitation of princes but soon his natural self-possession returned and rising with his most courteous bow he greeted the blushing girl with words of simple welcome instantly her eyes which had been hitherto kept bent upon the floor flashed upward to his face and a smile full of the wonder of an unlooked-for almost unhoped-for delight swept radiantly over her lips and he saw with deep and sudden satisfaction that the hour which had made such an impression upon him had not been forgotten by her that his voice had recalled what his face failed to do and that he was recognized it is mr sylvester your cousin ona's husband miss belinda interposed in a matter-of-fact way evidently attributing the emotion of the child to her astonishment at the imposing appearance of their guest and it was you who married ona she involuntarily murmured blushing the next moment at this simple utterance of her thoughts 
yes dear child mr sylvester hastened to say and so you remember me he presently added smiling down upon her with a sense of new life that for the moment made every care and anxiety shrink into the background yes she simply returned taking the chair beside him with the unconscious grace of perfect self-forgetfulness it was the first time i had found any one to listen to my childish enthusiasms it is natural such kindness should make its impression little paula and i met long ago quoth mr sylvester turning to the somewhat astonished miss belinda it was before my marriage and she was then just ten years old finished paula seeing him cast her an inquiring glance very young for such a thoughtful little miss he exclaimed and have those childish enthusiasms quite departed he continued smiling upon her with gentle encouragement do you no longer find a fairyland in the view up the river she flushed casting a timid glance at her aunt but meeting his eyes again seemed to forget everything and everybody in the inspiration which his presence afforded i fear i must acknowledge that it is more a fairyland to me than ever she softly replied knowledge does not always bring disillusion and though i have learned one by one the names of the towns scattered along those misty banks and though i know they are no less prosaic in their character than our own humdrum village yet i cannot rid myself of the notion that those verdant slopes with their archway of clouds hide the portals of paradise and that i have only to follow the birds in their flight up the river to find myself on the verge of a mystery the banks at my feet can never disclose may the gates of god's paradise never recede as those would do my child if like the birds you attempted to pierce them paula is a dreamer quoth miss belinda in a matter-of-fact tone but she is a good girl notwithstanding and can solve a geometrical problem with the best and so on the machine and make a very good pie timidly put in miss abby that is well laughed mr sylvester observing that the poor child's head had fallen forward in maidenly shame at her aunt's elogiums as well as at the length of the speech into which she had been betrayed it shows that her eyes can see what is at hand as well as what is beyond our reach then with a touch of his usual formal manner intended to restore her to herself do you like study paula in an instant her eyes flashed i more than like it it feeds me knowledge has its vistas too she added with an arch look the first he had seen on her hitherto serious countenance i can never outgrow my recognition of the portals it discloses or the fairyland it opens up to every inquiring eye even geometry he ventured more anxious to probe this fresh young mind than he had ever been to sound the opinions of the most notable men of the day even geometry she smiled to be sure its portals are somewhat methodical in shape allowing no scope to the fancy but from its triangles and circles have been born the grandeurs of architecture and upright on the threshold of its exact laws and undeviating calculations 
I see an angel with a golden rod in his hand, measuring the heavens. Even a stone speaks to a poet, said Mr. Sylvester, with a glance at Miss Belinda. But Paula is no poet, returned that lady, with strict and impartial honesty. She has never put a line on paper to my knowledge. Have you, child? No, aunt. I would as soon imprison a falling sunbeam, or try to catch the breeze that lifts my hair or kisses my cheek. You see, continued Mr. Sylvester, still looking at Miss Belinda. She answered with a doubtful shake of the head and an earnest glance at the girl, as if she perceived something in that bright young soul that even she had never observed before. "'Have you ever been away from home?' he now asked. "'Never. I know as little of the great world as a callow nestling. "'No, I should not say that, for the young bird has no Aunt Belinda "'to tell of the great cathedrals and the wonderful music she has heard "'and the glorious pictures she has seen in her visits to the city. "'It is almost as good as travelling oneself to hear Aunt Belinda talk.' It was now the turn of the mature, plain woman to blush, which she did under Mr. Sylvester's searching eye. "'You have then been in the habit of visiting New York?' "'I have been there twice,' she returned evasively. "'Since my marriage?' "'Yes, sir,' with a firm closing of her lips. "'I did not know you were there, or I should have insisted upon your remaining at my house.' "'Thank you,' said she, with a quick triumphant glance at her demure little shadow, who looked back in amaze, and was about to speak when Miss Belinda proceeded. "'My visits usually have been on business. I should not think of troubling Mrs. Sylvester.' And then he knew that his wife had been aware of those visits, if he had not. But he refrained from testifying to his discovery. "'You speak of music,' said he, turning gently back to Paula. "'Have you a taste for it? "'Would it make you happy to hear such music as your aunt tells about?' "'Oh, yes, I can conceive nothing grander than to sit in a church whose every line is beauty, "'and listen while the great organ utters its song of triumph, "'or echoes in the wonderful way it does the emotions you have tried to express and could not.' I would give a whole week of my life on the hills, dear as it is, for one such hour, I think. Mr. Sylvester smiled. It is a rare kind of coin to offer for such a simple pleasure, but it may meet with its acceptance nevertheless. And in his look and in his voice there was an appearance of affectionate interest that completed the subjugation of the watchful Miss Belinda, who now became doubly assured that whatever neglect had been shown her by her niece was not due to that niece's husband. Mr. Sylvester recognised the effect he had produced and hastened to complete it, feeling that the good opinion of Miss Belinda would be valuable to any man. "'I have been a boy on these hills,' said he, "'and know what it is to long for what is beyond while enjoying what is present. You shall hear the organ, my child.' and stopped, wondering to himself over the new sweet interest he seemed to take in the prospect of pleasures which he had supposed himself to have long ago exhausted. 
hear the organ i why that means oh what does it mean she inquired turning with a look of beaming hope towards her aunt you must ask mr sylvester that uncompromising lady replied with a straightforward look at the fire and he with a smile told the blushing girl that according to his reading mortals went blindfold into fairyland and she understood what he meant and was silent whereupon he turned the conversation upon more commonplace subjects for how could he tell her then of the intention that had awakened in his breast at the first glimpse of her grand young beauty to make her his child to bequeath to her the place of the babe that had perished in his arms three long years before that meant to give owner a care if not a rival in his affections and owner shrank from care and was not a subject for rivalry and the if which this implied weighed heavily on his heart as moment after moment flew by and he felt again the reviving power of an unsullied mind and an aspiring nature end of chapter nine